Welcome to Talking Round North Cyprus, a podcast about, well, all things to do with the Turkish Republic of Northern Cyprus. I'm Sarah Palmer. I'm Roger Barra. Thanks for joining us. Hello again. Welcome to our third episode of Talking Round North Cyprus. Really good to have your company again. And thanks ever so much for the continued support and for your comments um, as well. Uh, perhaps we'll go through those in a little while. Um, really nice, really delighted that so many of you appear keen to join in with future episodes. And, uh, and we can't wait to chat to you. So, uh, so thanks very much indeed. Um, as always, of course, I'm joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Roger Barra. Um, and Rog, it's a bit of a drizzly old day here in England, but um, but I understand you've you've actually had a bit of winter over there in North Cyprus. Is that right? Hello, everyone. Yes, we finally had our winter at last. It was last Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> it actually rained. It rained all day, which is very unusual for here. But it was absolutely brilliant for our gardens and for the countryside in general, because we've hardly had any rain this winter. And unlike where you are, Sarah, most of us here in North Cyprus welcome it, knowing it won't last, knowing we actually need it, and knowing the sun will soon be dominating proceedings again. But so exciting we also had a smattering of snow as well on the higher ground which again is not that common around these parts but rather exciting nonetheless really so so whereabouts is the snow because obviously i i i've been out there in january and i've been able to go and ski in the trudos um you know so you you get snow but in january so sort of how how low was the snow for you it was patchy but uh, quite close to us on the road up over the mountain, wow. but quite low down, the road was blocked for a while. Uh, and the top of the mountains here had, had a sprinkling uh, because it's been going, the temperature's been almost freezing at the top of the mountains. We're going down to about six or seven degrees Celsius at night, right. which is not unusual. Um, but the Trudos, of course, for people from the north is strictly out of bounds, of course, uh, of course. during the pandemic, because you, yeah. you, you seriously can't get to the south of the island at the moment. No, of course. No, no, no. I uh, realise that. And as I say, just uh, we were just lucky enough a couple of times we've been over in January to uh, uh, to get over there. <laughs> it's one of those things, isn't it? I just remember driving around Nicosia looking for snow chains. As you do. <laughs> you know, there was we found out that there was one bloke had some snow chains at the back of his shop covered in dust, which we bought um, <laughs> so we could put them on our hire car. And we needed them, actually. But um, yeah, it's not the sort of thing you have in a holiday apartment. You know, if you need snow chains, they're just at the back of the cupboard anyway. So what else has been happening? Uh, what sort of are the big stories of the of the week, if you like? Are you, are you still in lockdown? Where are you with that? Well, we're still in lockdown, but it has changed. The actual lockdown rules have eased a little bit. But to counter that, the curfews at night have increased. So if I could just explain that um, the shops can now open between, that's necessary shops, between eight uh, in the morning and six at night. Uh, any other shops can open between 10 and 6, but things like restaurants are still shut, bars, uh, they can do takeaways and they had to deliver before. But as from today, you can actually go to the place and pick it up. But there is absolutely no seating in any bars or restaurants uh, open yet and all the nightclubs and wedding halls, concert halls 
are all still shut. Mm. What's interesting, actually, is what it doesn't say, the new set of rules. Um, it doesn't say you can go out for exercise or go out and walk your dog somewhere, but it doesn't say you can't do it, which it used to. So I think it's going to be interpretation depending which policeman stops you and (laughs) what kind of mood he's in. But certainly today we intend to go to the next village for the first time because we we need to buy uh, Mama's great uh, olive oil and we go to a special shop that's about 12 kilometres away. And she she grows and makes it herself and we just like to support really, really local stuff. So uh, lockdown... It's seized a little bit, but there's a curfew now between eight o'clock at night and five in the morning. That's during the weekdays. But listen to this. From this week, Friday, eight o'clock until the following Monday, five, the entire weekend is complete and utter total lockdown and you're only allowed out for emergencies. Really? At a weekend? Oh, wow. At a weekend, which, of course, here is sacrosanct to the locals because that's where all the families get together and i think that's what's worried the authorities uh the other big news that's happened is that the health minister appears to have been elbowed out of the cabinet i saw that yes i've seen a couple of posts about him yeah and by all accounts you know he's done a remarkable job Mm. keeping the figures making us feel so safe here but it could be and i don't know for sure but it could be that he wants, you know, things to keep locked down. Mm. And the rest of the cabinet said, look, you know, people are starving. Literally, we've got food banks all over the place for local, some of the local people mm. who who literally haven't had a pay packet for weeks and weeks and weeks. And um, yeah. so we'll have to see what, what happens there. It's difficult, isn't it? I mean, that you know, balancing the economy with balancing people's health. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. I mean, uh, today, Boris is giving his roadmap out of lockdown for us here in the UK. And again, you know, don't know what, you know, there are rumours in the papers. And I think, you know, you can go and um, see people in care homes and things like that. Uh, there was a there's a great cartoon going around at the moment where the bloke's sitting there on the sofa watching the telly going, let me go to the pub, let me go to the pub, let me go to the pub, let me go to the pub. And it's and then it says, um, and now you can, and he's like, oh, let me go to the pub. You can go and see your mother-in-law. <laughs> he's like, ah, ah, crying on the sofa. Still tricky here. Um, something else I've seen, actually, and I just saw it this morning, and I don't know if you can shed any more light on this, that there's an article in Cyprium News um, that non-EU citizens are banned from crossing to the TRNC. Now, of course, we are all now non-EU citizens. Um, and again, when you start reading the threads and, you know, people don't know, people don't know the story. And uh, as a journalist, I'm always very conscious of just reading the top line and, and, and not getting any, any further background. But do you have any, any more background on that? Have, have you seen any more? Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm actually quite, quite on top of this now. The problem is it was a story that was on a Turkish online news site. It's been none of the mainstream papers mm. and, uh, for instance, Cypri News and other, uh, other social media are picking this story up and running with it. But uh, like you, I like to find out first whether it's true or not. And basically yeah. the article deduces that if anyone crosses to the north, they will not be allowed back across to Levi airports 
in the south, and that's due to come in after March, this particular site says. And it says that due to Brexit, British citizens arriving in the south won't be allowed to cross to the north. And even if they manage to get there, they certainly won't be allowed to cross back. Now, I've got to say that none of the major media have picked this up. And I personally would think it's extremely unlikely that Cyprus, South Cyprus, the Greek side, would, would want to do this at this time. And I have know somebody who's had information from a policeman that works at the British sovereign base and a higher ranking officer yesterday afternoon. They've had no such information or a directive that it would start. And they are saying, it's a rumour. Mm. So I wouldn't want anyone to get too worried about it yet until we can substantiate whether or not it's, it's a bit of fake news, whether it's accidental or not, but we will find out. Yeah. And again, there's sort of mistranslation and that sort of thing, isn't it? And then people start to say, oh, you know, start to sort of start the rumour mill, don't they? And then it, and then it gets, uh, gets fed on. Yeah. So that's why I thought I'd ask, because again, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll watch it. And as you say, we'll, we'll watch the sort of major news outlets. Um, but sometimes you have to, you know, you can't take everything you read on social media as... Uh, as really? <laughs> yeah, no, hard to believe, isn't it? You just have to, uh, um, yeah, dig down a little bit deeper. But obviously, as time moves on, we'll have to see, um, see how it all um, uh, pans out. Anyway, so now let's, um, let's have our big interview. Well, we're calling this one <laughs> Bring on the Yank. <laughs> Um, I don't know about you, Rog, but I mean, we've, we've covered this in the past about how you and I ended up in northern Cyprus. So if people want to listen to the intro one, um, they'll know how you and I became involved in North Cyprus. And I always think it's really interesting. And again, that's why we want to talk to lots of different people on this podcast, um, whatever they might be doing in northern Cyprus, because everybody's got a story as to why uh, they ended up there. Um, so I was particularly interested to know why an American married to a Russian came to live in Northern Cyprus. Now there is someone we both know, uh, although I have to say, you know him rather better than I do. Uh, he doesn't live far from Shea Barra um, on the <laughs> East Coast near Eskele. Um, I know you've been known to partake in the odd social occasion. Well, I, in fact, I've been at some of those as well. I'll leave you to introduce our guest. Yes, we do socialise from time to time until he gets thrown out of the premises for being loud. <laughs> no, not, not really. Uh, Dean Lewis, as you will shortly hear, is an American. And when I first met him, he was actually the only American I'd ever met in this country of North Cyprus. Since then, I've also met a wonderful guy who happens to be an American Cuban. But I won't tell you any more about him because I haven't yet told him that he's coming on our show pretty soon. <laughs> anyway, so to Dean, his expertise is in marketing and he does help a few mates out with their websites in his spare time since he's been here. But as you suggested, Sarah, how weird is it that he's come to live in northern Cyprus? So let's find out from the cowboy himself. Dean Lewis. Well, it, the, the story is that in order to go to Moscow, see, it gets weird. In order <laughs> to go to Moscow, you have to get in a car and drive an entire day to Washington, D.C. And at, at Dulles Airport, it's another day. So it's two days flight uh, from where I lived in Tennessee to, to fly to Moscow. Now, my wife owns a travel agency in Moscow, 
And that's just crazy. So we wound up with her over there half the time and, and me in the States. And, and I, I, I got to go to several times and, and loved it. But uh, she needed to be closer to the business. And she, because it's a travel agency, had been to South Cyprus several times. And she mentioned North Cyprus. And being a, a bit of a geek, I immediately go to YouTube <laughs> and I swear I spent like a week on YouTube watching all these videos. I know I watched hours and hours of videos. So I felt like I knew quite a bit about North Cyprus uh, before we ever got on the plane. So we sold the house and, uh, and I swear to God, two bricks of $100 bills uh, and jewelry and stuff in the luggage. This was a one-way trip. So we both had the maximum amount of luggage we could carry, got on the jet, and we weren't coming back, right? I mean, show up, buy the house, that's it, you're here. And literally, that's how I came to be in North Cyprus. Fantastic. So yeah. did you stay in it when you first arrived? Um, had you looked up where you were going to stay? Had you got an idea of what you were looking for? Um, you know, you'd done your YouTube research, but, but did you have sort of a focus? Sarah, you really don't know many Americans, do you? <laughs> no, not nice ones. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that ain't how we roll, girl. <laughs> no, I, I swear, we, we showed up at the airport and the estate agency sent a taxi. So we went to a, a hotel uh, in a beautiful place. And uh, uh, the next morning, uh, one of the agents came. And on the third day, we moved into our house and un packed all three suitcases <laughs> and and that was it that was North no going home bro sold the house <laughs> so are you are you, are you are you in the house that you you bought at the time of course not <laughs> no um uh actually uh we've lived near roger the entire time and the house we're in now is i don't know maybe 50 meters from the sea and the Mediterranean is just gorgeous. It's uh, turquoise and impossible blues. It's really pretty. And so I, I just, I love it. Mm. I do. Mm. And how easy did you find it to literally just rock up and get somewhere? We've, Roger and I have talked about this, in, in fact, in one of our other podcasts about buying in northern cyprus and what sort of expectations you have but it sounds like you went through an agent did you yes of course um uh, still you know you're you're going to a strange place you know you're not going home um and uh, we knew we had to buy something almost immediately uh, and that's a little scary you know, it is. But I felt like I knew quite a bit about what I was getting into. And the real estate prices here are ridiculously low. I mean, uh, a 30-minute drive from here, uh, the prices are three or four times higher. Same island, everything's the same, four times more for a home. And so it, it, it to me, was a no-brainer. Dean, where is home now? I don't, I don't see myself going back. I could. 
I could, but yeah, I, I want to stay. I truly do. I like the place. Um, North Cyprus reminds me uh, a lot of Florida in the 1970s. When I was a kid, I lived in central Florida. And it kind of reminds me of that. Um, when I was young, you would go to the supermarket or the grocery store. Remember, they would have the little horses out there and you, you would put a coin in and the horse would rock back and forth. <laughs> that, it, that's North Cyprus today. And the people are just wonderful. Uh, and, and I do, I like it here. It, it's a terrific place. Uh, the hardware store, Pasha Jaffe Market. I go in, they know your name. They, and, and everybody knows you. Uh, it's a small town. And so, well, it's a small country. And so the people in this area, they know you. And, and I like that a lot. But is it home? Yeah, I, I think so. I think, I mean, you know, till tomorrow. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm not planning on going back. I'm not mm. planning on going back. Mm. I, I want to stay. I, I love it. I really do. What about... Um, which I've talked with Sarah before. What about the? It is a sort of third world country in some ways in which it operates. Some of which is very attractive, but the, there must be times where, particularly with administration, you must get terribly frustrated. Surely it's not just me that throws oh things God. against the wall. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, let's say you make an appointment to get the air conditioner fixed or air con i believe it's referred to um and the man says three o'clock tomorrow oh come on <laughs> there is no way i mean about about half the time tomorrow actually means two days from now i mean it just um and so being from a country where if you're 15 minutes late you're late and I, I used to, I would vibrate. I, I just, you know, you cannot be late. And it takes time to decompress and to get kind of into the, the flow. Uh, so what Roger's saying about interacting with the government, well, if you don't like this answer, wait and go back tomorrow. Ask again. You, you don't know. Mm. You get a different guy, you get a different answer. And that, that's fine. <laughs> well, it, I think that's the but, thing, isn't it? As you say, you've got you as an American, as an anybody, you just got to roll with it, and you, you yeah, it, it's a slower pace takes, of life. It takes time to decompress and realize this isn't London. We're not on the BBC. We're not waiting on that chime, um, and so deal with it tomorrow. Mm. And and it coming from my environment, and I assume coming from yours, Sarah. I mean, you, you, you just have to set aside what you thought you knew and realize, in my case, we ain't in Kansas anymore, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you miss, Dean? What, what do you miss most about life in the States compared to life in North Cyprus? Uh, there's, there, there are things that I miss. Um, a couple of things. Um, this is going to sound stupid. I am not a shopper, but I miss <laughs> the ability to shop. I am used to getting in the car, you drive 15 minutes, and I don't care what it is, you can get it. 
here, if you walk into the, the local uh, grocery store that Roger and I go to uh, often, is called Lamar. And let's pretend we walk into Lamar and you see fresh strawberries. You better buy those strawberries now. When strawberry season is over, it's done and there will not be strawberries anymore. So the watermelon are there just certain times of the year, corn, buy it when you see it. If, if you see something and you think you want it, buy it because it may not be there. You know, uh, mm. in two weeks, it'll, it'll just be gone. Uh, and because most things come, come by on a, a ship, uh, sometimes you can kind of tell, you know, the shipment's out and it's gonna be a week or two when the new shipment comes, they'll have it in the country again. Uh, and to me, that is a very strange and foreign experience. Uh, so shopping, the other thing I would, uh, and this is also going to sound weird, because um, I'm not a big t television person, but uh, broadcasting, being, uh, you know, 500 channels, whatever you want, yeah, it's there. And, and that simply doesn't exist here, mm. except Arsenal. I, I get these bizarre, I mean, strange, oh, Arsenal's going to play, come over, you know, it's, oh, God. <laughs> Roger was mentioning earlier on about working and stuff like that. So um, even though you came and you've decompressed to some extent, but you're still working, aren't you? And, and is that sort of happening? And have you got involved locally with businesses? Are you able to bring your expertise uh, to some of the businesses that are local to you? I really want to. I would love to. Uh, because what I found was um, I'm a run-of-the-mill guy in the US, I am expert in nothing. Um, here, I look at some of what they're doing and I'm like, oh my God. Um, however, you really cannot uh, uh, come here without legal permission and just start going to work for people. It is considered a fairly serious crime. And in fact, you could be deported. So the answer is no, I really don't help a lot of folks here. And it's a shame because they desperately need uh, more tourism. They need uh, people who, uh, well, I wrote a book on marketing to tourists. I, I know a little about that business uh, and it's a major part of the economy and it's something they need help with. Uh, but I have never run one Facebook ad and I'm not going to, never will. Even if you've like got, got permission, uh, even if you've got permission, I mean, oh, you're no, not no. Sort of... it, it, I, I haven't really tried. Yes. Uh, uh, because, oh, and Roger may remember, Roger, I want to say it's a hundred thousand pounds you have to have in the account to open, to get the license. I think it's one reason that I, I, um, didn't play any gigs, uh, while I was here for money. Um, all the gigs I've ever done over here, uh, playing with singers or, or with bands. Um, all I've asked for is a meal and a bottle of um, Turkish wine um, because getting a license is phenomenally expensive. And, uh, and then you're under pressure, aren't you? Then you've got to perform week in, week out. And I suddenly thought, you know, I can't be bothered with that. That's not why I came here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, I, I miss 
playing in public and I miss broadcasting a bit. But uh, who who wants to be, you know, who wants to have every minute of the day tied up as to say, right, at five o'clock, you've got to be here doing this. That's what we came away for, mm. to lose all that. And I think mm. if we want to live a long life, you know, we have to put ourselves first. It's great, you know, when you get old, one thing I've discovered, I don't know if you agree, Dean, is you can get ever so selfish. <laughs> you just put yourself oh. and Mrs. B number one and, and two in, in that order. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it's fantastic. It's fantastic. You don't worry about it. It's not quite true. It's not as black and white as that. Yeah, but, but the fact is, you don't have to worry anymore. You know. Mm. Do you yeah, and do you, do you yeah. feel that, Dean? Yeah, um, it is. Well, that's what I was telling you. Getting used to that lifestyle uh, was perhaps my biggest challenge. Mm. I mean, just to to decompress and to to slow down and to say. Well, okay, the air conditioning guy will be here when he gets here. Um, you know, there are more important things in this world. Indeed, yeah, yeah. I know Roger and Mrs. B have encouraged people to come come along. I mean, I've bought a property because I've, I've been to visit them and, you know, they've had friends come. And, and again, lots of people have sort of, you know, uh, ended up in northern Cyprus because they, they visited. Have you got friends and family that you've encouraged over or are you happy that, they're over there and you're over here <laughs> um well my my daughter uh was going to come but of course with things the way they are currently uh she she couldn't make it this summer my my dad came well now it was two summers ago now uh and so family's been over he loved it in the interim he has passed away oh. and so my daughter uh and and her guy live all the way on the other coast in a town called portland which has been in the news lately. oh wow yeah 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 uh, and so uh and they want to come but it's it's very difficult at the moment um Nobody, nobody from the UK or anywhere else is going to go on vacation and spend two weeks in a hotel room before they can go to the beach. Uh, so they, the tourism here has just been hammered. Yeah. And, and I suspect it's not coming back until this time next year. Yeah, yeah, I know. We've, we've Roger and I've talked about that in the past, haven't we, Roger, about how difficult it is to get, get anybody travel anywhere. Well, I mean... This is what I'm talking about, the selfishness. You know, during lockdown, we wanted it to stay like that forever because we was, felt so safe. But we knew that for every day where the borders were shut, somebody was going out of business. And tourism yeah. is everything here, as Dean exactly. said. And, uh, exactly, exactly. And it's yeah. a real yeah. conflict between safety and, and having to open up and, and try and let the economy dig itself out of a huge hole. I, I, you know, I, I still think the worst maybe is yet to come and it, it is so sad, especially as we all, all of us that live here and have visited here, love the local people so much. They're yeah. such wonderful human beings and to see them suffer like this. I mean, the other thing of course is we are dependent on Turkey for virtually everything because we don't exist to anybody else. And with Erdogan trying his very best to bankrupt his country, it has an effect over here. So the Turkish lira is collapsing now 
the poor locals here have to pay their rents in sterling and they get paid in Turkish lira. Oh, goodness. It's just getting worse and worse mm. and worse mm. for them, you know? Mm. Yeah, and, and I'll second that. You, and I hate to say this, I wonder how some of them even survive. I mean, it, it's just um, uh, because like Roger was saying, it, it, it's all about tourism. Everybody works, either you're in the tourist business or you're just removed. A, a minute ago, remember, I mentioned the local supermarket. And, and those guys may not realize it. They're in the tourism business. Because the people who come in who are dropping the real money, they're here for two or three weeks, right? And they're spending pounds. They're not spending lira. And so it's, it's a different... And, and when I go on vacation, I always spend more money than I ever would on a like item back at home. And that really makes a huge difference to the economy. And it's simply gone. Mm. Mm. It's sad. It's sad. On brighter notes, on brighter notes, though, Dean, you just had a birthday. Happy birthday. (laughs) So um, did you have a party? You got lots of friends? I mean, I know sort of, you know, obviously I've, I've been over there and mingled with you all, but there seems to be a lovely crowd, doesn't there? A lot of, lot of nice people, a lot of sort of expats, Turks. So did you have a, did you have a big bash with lots of friends? Yes, of course. And that, that's one reason why, you know, I'm like, who wants to leave this? It's wonderful. And, and Sarah, it, it's funny you would mention the uh, different nationalities because it is normal to walk into a room with seven or eight people and see four, five nationalities represented. That is perfectly normal. Um, Russians are very common. Um, the little shop around the corner that Roger and I go to has an Iranian uh, fellow, wonderful man, uh, and obviously Turks, Turkish Cypriots, uh, UK. Uh, so, it, so it's really normal uh, to see all of these people that uh, you would likely never really meet. Mm. At, at least in my case, mm. and that's what's so interesting, isn't it? And when you get get together. Um, you know, you find out so many different things about so many different people. I'm thinking of Dixon, who, you know, comes from Sweden, you know, and... and oh, you I, know. I love Dixon, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he's, 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 from Nor- he's been living in Norway, actually, for 40 years. But he's originally, Norway, he's, is it? Um, he originally, yeah, he originally came from Nigeria. And um, I've spent many, um, many a moment discussing his childhood days with him, as we've walked through the football bar, you know, to, 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 to get our weekly dose of football. And, you know, he, <laughs> you know, he remembers scrummaging around on waste tips for food and that. Mm. And uh, now he's living in a, well, he now lives here permanently, but he comes from Norway where it costs 17 pounds sterling to have a bowl of soup for lunch in a restaurant. Wow. So times wow. have changed for him, but you're right, Sarah. What a what a cosmopolitan nature of Northern Cyprus. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Who wants to live in Little Britain? You mm. might as well stay where you came from. You know, if you just want to be surrounded by your own countrymen speaking your own language, why why go? Why move thousands of miles just to be with a load of Brits? Not that there's anything wrong with them, but it's much better to live amongst everybody. And I think that was Dean's point. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah, it's, it's one of the things I really love about the place. Yes, one of the many things he likes about the place. That's Dean Lewis. And 
before we get inundated with comments like, how very dare you have a get together, <laughs> a birthday party during lockdown. Let me confirm that we did record that with Dean some time ago before the current lockdown restrictions. <laughs> Honest, Gov. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We believe you. No, no, seriously, I know. <laughs> As I said before, thank you ever so much for everybody's uh, contributions so far. Um, I know we've heard from um, Sue, who run, well, helps run the Tulips charity, the cancer charity. Um, so we're going to be chatting to her. Um, we've got a couple of authors lined up as well. We've got to read the books first. We'll be um, in touch with people in, uh, in the next sort of few days. But if you do want to follow us, there is a Facebook page, Talking Round North Cyprus. And we do have a Twitter account as well, at Talking Round N Cyprus. So in, in those sort of respects, if uh, you can get in touch with us through those uh, mediums, if, if you want to. And uh, our thanks to Jeffrey, Caroline and Peter, who all got in touch with us after... We had an article about this podcast in the online newspaper Cyprus Scene, and I know that the writers and the publishers of Cyprus Scene will be guests on this podcast in the not too distant future. So, Jeffrey, Caroline, and Peter, um, we will get in touch with you. And I'm not sure whether they want us to cover subjects or whether they want to actually contribute in terms of joining the, the program. We'll, we'll be in touch with you very shortly. I also got a message from a guy called Rolf. Rolf Riley, and he said, uh, just to let people know, he said, I did the Trans-America bike race, mm. literally east to west, on a bicycle. He said, but TRNC was the most amazing place to train for it. So he said, if anybody's interested, they might like to contact Osgar at Green Pedal Cycling. Said, the nation's really lifted road cycling in the north over the last few years. And this is what he says. And he rides everywhere. The TRNC are some of the best rides I've ever written anywhere for anyone who's able to ride out here. And he also yeah. says hi, hi to us both, uh, and from his dad, David, as well. So they wish us best of luck with the shows, and it's it's great to hear from you. Yeah, I mean, as a cyclist myself, not a racing cyclist, but I do take the mountain bike out on the roads. The roads are fantastic because they're most of them are empty. Very little traffic if, if you keep off the very main roads and, you know, just cycling up mountains. The scenery is just breathtaking. So, Rolf, uh, we get what you're talking about there. Uh, just one comment that we had on the North Cyprus expat group, because so, I promoted our, our podcast there. Somebody said, just listening to the intro one. And when you said we call ourselves expats, but we are, of course, immigrants, I hit the subscribe button. <laughs> well thank you very much for that yes i mean it's a it's a real bone of contention with some but we're not immigrants yes you are well, yes we are <laughs> yes, you, you are anyway if you want to call us expats that's fine but everyone knows that we are actually uh immigrants well uh anyway thanks everyone again for listening do click on subscribe so you'll know when the next one is out cheers for now i'm roger vara and I'm Sarah Palmer. Look forward to your company again soon as we continue talking around North Cyprus. Music